fine. I was fuming when I came to edit the Chef podcast. And it's like, uh, there's me talking that, that you're going, uh, 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 oh, yeah, definitely. What about this bit? Uh, 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 <laughs> oh, definitely. Like, well, <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you just, uh, uh, I think it's because, like, at the start, I was, I couldn't hear you, then you couldn't hear me. And I was, like, selecting the right microphone, selecting the right input so I could hear you. Something like that, it just picked up one side, but I wasn't taking any of the oh, other. Fuck. So I was like, I need to hang up and then call back throughout the work, but Frank works, that sounds perfect, so. That's right. Ah, because I was like, no! Cancel the podcast! Can't <laughs> sacrifice two more hours of my life to films I've watched already! <sighs> but other than that. Should I just leave that running? No, we know. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of Films and Swearing. I am your host Stuart Sullivan. Uh, joining Andrew in his home. Yeah, because I'm too lazy to leave my house. <laughs> yeah, so it is uh, episode 24 of Films and Swearing. Today we're covering uh, Rashomon. Pokemon. I <laughs> uh, from Akira Kurosawa from 1950. But before we get there, what's new with you? <laughs> I was chosen. Chosen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> to beta test FIFA 15. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, how, what format? On Xbox One. Okay. So, are you just getting a demo? Or, no, like, I've got the full game. You've got the full game? <laughs> how the hell did that come about? Was it just like a... I got an email last night if I wanted to do it, and I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, I did, I did get the, the numbers, but I think it's only like 500 people. Fucking hell. Tasting it. That's not too bad. Uh, so I've been sitting fucking hammering that game so hard. <laughs> like, do, do they have to like <laughs> do you have to do any like sort of provide feedback yeah. for it or? Alright, I've been kinda of taking mental notes. Aye. The things that I find that are wrong with. <laughs> and then do you have to like submit a form and just telling them the problem Aye, or? what I found in that and hopefully <laughs> I get picked again for the other games. Aye. Because ah, what it was, I got emailed a code, put the code at the Xbox, so you could download FIFA 15. Now, I wonder if that will expire. Like, you're probably have this game for maybe like a month or two. I think, you'll get, I think I'll get it until it's maybe like, a week before the release. The beta will close so they could provide like updates to it and yeah. then like obviously try and get you to buy the proper one when oh, it comes out. I'll be buying it anyway, but... Brainwash you in your football games. Fucking brainwashed. What do you play? Fucking your what's Fuck. it called? That Japanese thing that you roll about in a bar. Oh my beautiful Katamari. Oh, now that, that's fun. That is fucking intense. <laughs> it is. I, I've got carpal tunnel for playing that game. Oh god. <laughs> like some levels lasted half an hour. And it's like, I can't even push the joysticks any further. I can't go up anymore. <laughs> I just can't spin. Uh, but I, I've I've fallen back into like a rabbit hole of trying to complete old games where I'm, I'm playing Final Fantasy X. Why? It's so easy. I've, well, I never finished it. Did you do? No, I got midway through disc two and like got rid of it. So when I, I bought like it was something like three games for the price of two. Final Fantasy X? Thirteen. 
I was going to say, 10's only one disc, it's on the PS2. Aye, aye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the first one that came out on the Xbox 360, that wasn't yeah. the live multi mass multiplayer uh, one. Uh, aye. So, like, the first big deal Final Fantasy game they brought out. Aye. Like, all but on release, got halfway through, I was like, man, I'm just, like, running forward and pressing A across uh, three discs. And basically. Gave up after the second off, one. Like. And... I just had this thing where I was like, I just need, I want to finish it. And I bought the second one for two ninety nine, dollars uh, like on, like one of the online sales. Yeah. So I've got that and they've released the third one and it's like, I'll drop price by the time I've finished those two. Ooh. So I got that for next to nothing and it's, it is, I'm sure I'm just running forward and pressing A again, but it's it's kind of fun. Hmm. And the novelty's no worn off yet. So, hmm. but I just like, come on, let's get through this. How much is left of the second disc? So I'm always googling like, how much chapters are in Final Fantasy Thirteen? <laughs> and it's like I'm on chapter nine and noon. It came back. It's like thirteen chapters of Final Fantasy Thirteen. It's like, oh I fucking of course there's thirteen chapters in Final Fantasy Thirteen. So call me sexist, but if the main characters are women, are oh, they really interested? <laughs> well, that's it. Even like the lead character in it, uh, if it, they're not a fucking weather, it's like. Let's say there's one called Snow. I think there's that one called Lightning. Lightning's the main woman. Aye, and then there's like the kid, uh, like a wee boy called Hope. That looks so effeminate. Like, and it's weird, like they've got like one butch guy and then like a black dude with, with an afro. Aye, it just looks like, like Chris Rock. Aye, it's <laughs> like, hey, let's get like our cookie cutter black dude. Hmm. Like, afro. Go. <laughs> and so, I like. To the point where I'm actually I'm, I'm skipping the cutscenes. To be honest, like I just want to play the game. I'm I don't care about these people's problems. <laughs> They're fucking shit. Aye, so but I'm no not... broody teenagers with scars on their face. <laughs> They're worse. They're just mopey. I know. They didn't have like any past. It's like they're no clones. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to the old PlayStation days oh, when it was good. When Final Fantasy ruled. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, I've watched a lot of movies. Yeah. I've been off this week, and for what I could remember, I've watched uh, twelve films over the last like ten days. Motherfucker! Aye, I watched all three Indiana Jones movies. Oh no, there's four by the way. Aye, the only <laughs> <laughs> they only had the the first three playing on uh, BBC Three. So it's like basically this is me watching all hung off of like my TiVo, yeah. clearing the backlog on that. So watch the three Indiana Jones movies. I did watch the the Raid Two Blu-ray. Yeah. Fucking super violent. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I rented the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. With, uh, in Betweeners Two, Into the Storm, Girl Most Likely, The Artist, Up in the Air, and Beginners. Is, that's everything I've watched over the so you got to between those two and then the rest I just didn't understand uh, aye Girl Most Likely was like a, a just look basically like a straight to DVD Kristen Wiig movie right uh, it was on Netflix The Artist was like that black and white film for a couple of years ago that won all the Oscars so it was on BBC Two yeah. Up in the Air is that George Clooney movie about the guy him and Anna Kendrick going around firing people they're like, not liquidators, but they're the people that get sent to a company to say, no. you're fired, collect your stuff, go. And The Beginners is a film with Ewan McGregor and his dad. It's not Ewan McGregor's dad, but 
Him, him and his. <laughs> Uh, him and his on-screen father, who at age 75 reveals that he's gay and then dies four years later. So it's sort of the back and forth story of him cleaning his father and his father's Cleaning apart. it his father. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking colonic and all the fucking men come coming at his house. Oh. <laughs> that's just wrong shit. What so, you like, think of that? There was that, that. That was the only one that I felt like it was a bit rubbish. Like, it started off really good, but I just... Like, it just got sad because he died of cancer and mm. like and then it's like he's in a relationship with a girl and that doesn't work and then he's got a wee dog that talks to him like the uh, subtitles come up for the dog but Ewan McGregor Disney oh, no, Disney no, understand no, no, the dog no. it's like <laughs> they subtitle the dog's thoughts like he's like come on Arthur what are we going to do today and the dog's like whilst I know up to 150 words I cannot talk and so like the dog will answer him but kind of obviously can't talk to him uh, but like, through subtitles it does answer his questions which was like a kind of nice wee touch like for a comedy but it was like it was like two more like 90% drama 10% comedy it was like oh. uh, so it got a wee bit dry <laughs> so aye that was like what I did with my holiday then my week off I don't come even what films I watched have you watched Rashomon by any chance? Yes. <laughs> fucking good, right? <laughs> Let's uh, fucking Let's stay talk about it. Aye. Um, <laughs> Rashomon was a listener's suggestion from Trevor Farley and Shell Taylor. Who's dicks? <laughs> uh, it's from director Akira Kurosawa. It stars uh, Toshiro Mifune. I might butcher it. As uh, the bandit. Uh, Machiko Kyo as Masako Kanazawa. Who? The woman. Right. <laughs> Just say the woman. Aye. Uh, uh, Masasuki Miori as the husband. Right. Takashi Shimura as the woodcutter. Minoru right. Chiaikai. Chiaikai? <laughs> as the priest. And uh, Chikijiro Ueda as the commoner. Right. Eh? The homeless did. That they were telling the story to. Right. Just as comment man. <laughs> uh, so that is like our cast of six people, and it literally, literally is maybe eight people in this film. Like, why I didn't bother writing down the last two, but <laughs> uh, the plot is a woodcutter experiences a horrific series of events: an ambush, rape, and murder. The violent crimes is told from the perspective of four different people: a bandit, a woman, her husband, and the woodcutter. The stories each differ to what. I each differ from each other's. Uh-huh. Uh, what seemed black and white turns a shade of grey. Oh no. Yep. Frankly, like nowadays, if it turned a shade of grey, it's a completely different film. Oh. Just whips, comes out. <laughs> Just like plugs. two hours of the rape scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andrew. What? What did you think of Rosherman? Oh, I think I'm mixed on it. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, the concept's pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of got extremely confusing near the end. Yeah. It was like, whose stories tell the truth? <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, that's a, like, no, each one had their own kind of thing. tales of the event. Aye. Where it all sounded, like, like believable. Mm-hmm. It comes to the woodcutter at the end, who fucking... Told it like it is. Aye. Then he starts getting called a liar. It's like, so, is he telling a true story? Or is he talking shit again? <laughs> His story it was definitely the true one. His was the true story? Aye, because out of all those situations, like, everyone was hiding something. Like, yeah. 
for the the bandit, the husband, and uh, his wife. Like mm. all of them, sort of told stories where they were uh, kind of like talking themselves up, like they were self-serving. Mm. The bandit made it look like he was a great swordsman, battled uh, to the death with the husband, and then like you raped the woman who, who fell in love with him afterwards. Like oh, you have to, know, it was like fucking Rocky. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like you got on the corner and it's like kissing her and it's like I forced her and then it was like the hand <laughs> like like no yeah. stop you brutes there's a wait more more tongue <laughs> and then she was like wait I, I I can't be your woman and his woman you need uh, to kill him okay <laughs> and it was like just this fucking sword fight kicks off uh. and it's like as I was like I, I quite like the film but like I can see it gets a little overwhelming at times like, it gets like, oh, so much drama. Like, <laughs> calm down, it's alright. But, it is, it's like, I reckon if this is like the original, like, I feel this is almost like the original uh, concept of like this type of story, mm. where a story is told from four different perspectives, and like, which one's the real story. And, like, it's, it's kind of good because it's sort of like short films in the sense, like, did, did this film feel long to you or boring? It felt very long mm-hmm. and it got boring as Aye. it kept on repeating with telling the same story. Aye, see, I find that... Only changing a wee bit. Aye, I find that a wee, a wee bit more refreshing in the sense like it was sort of like four short films sort of tied together Aye. where it was interesting to see what di- what direction this story was going to go and uh, try to think like the woman's story. Like, sure... In like the bandit story, he came out courageous as this sword fighter, uh, who got caught. Uh, then it came to the woman who was like uh, that hysterical. She fainted and woke up, and her husband was dead. It's like, right, just just arrest her, fuck her. Like if comes up a shit story like that, you're guilty. It's like, I must have fainted, and then he, my knife was in his chest. <laughs> like come on, right in the back of the, the bamboo hut, uh, and the husband like. To the point where they got a medium for him to come back from the dead to tell his side of the story. I mean, it's just how they made it seem like a ghost. I'll talk into this card. I wonder if it was like the that male actor that played the husband dubbing her lines. Huh. Like, because that was a woman. It was a female medium. Uh, like, getting all hysterical, throwing herself uh, about. The uh. wind was picking up. But when she was talking, it was the man's voice. Aye, well, mean that like, guy just it would, like, it would have to. Like, I was so angry with my wife, I gave her a cold stare until she died. Wait, till I died. Was that like that? Was is that his story? I just oh, well, that, uh, I, or was that her story where he just shamed her till she killed him? Aye, aye, basically. Uh, but see, I did take notes though, so I should probably run for these. Yeah. Uh, I like. Do you think the bandit like steals it for this film? Like, probably the most interesting character of the movie. Oh, aye, aye. And um, it's just like he has this fucking hysterical laugh. When, yeah, he's like, a bad man. Like he fucking think. loves himself to the point where it's like, uh, like when he was retelling his story and like we crossed swords twenty three times. I took note of that because that's like. Impressive. Uh, impressive. <laughs> 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 like, okay. <laughs> he's like channeling his inner like Jack Torrance. He's getting a wee bit shine and uh, they're all just going to move away. 
But, um, aye, the husband's side of the story was like the fact that he managed to get fooled by the bandit, get tied up, let the bandit rape his wife, the wife fall in love and want to travel the world with him. Yeah. His only option, like, was just to commit suicide, like stab himself in the chest with a knife, yeah. and then he woke up in heaven where they pulled the knife out of his chest and. I thought, well, or no, 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 because that was one of the key points of the story: is the knife is missing. Uh-huh. Because it, like all this came about when like woodcutter found like the hat. And, well, he finds the body, and him and an old priest would notice the couple when they were alive get summoned to court. Uh-huh. And this is where they will have to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. We do our podcasts are like Pulp Fiction. We get right to the exciting bit, then jump halfway through in the middle <laughs> and tell you how it actually started. <laughs> Well, it was interesting. Exactly. You Keep listening. You how it comes. Aye. Um, I did have a note there for the medium's eyebrows. Why Feudal Japan? Why? Because, you know, it's... Like, it's like up here on our fucking, like... On... The top of our forehead. Aye. And, like, you can still see our normal eyebrows dusted out with, like, talcum powder. <laughs> but there's, I've got a wee joke for that later on. Oh, well. <laughs> but... I did love it, like, when the medium story was getting that further on and getting that hysterical that they did. They turned up the weather, like, they were being thrown about in, like, a wind tunnel all of a sudden. And it was just, like, hysteria uh, just to get across, like, then this happened, this happened. And, like, I couldn't take it. And stab. Apparently. <laughs> Aye. But I did like it when uh, the bandit noticed. Uh, I've, told, I've written the line, uh, bros before hoes. When he realised the woman played them, the, the bandit was like, do you want me to take her or, like, save her or kill her? Uh, and then he's like, that man earned my respect that day when he said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Uh, I forgive him for raping my wife. Exactly. He's like, he knows <laughs> she's a bitch. <laughs> Chop her head off. That yeah. motherfucking bitch. But, uh, like, the commoner, like, how this is, like, sort of two stories... Where it's three guys sheltering from the rain, uh-huh. and two of them just came back for the court, and they're still troubled with events. They can't figure it out, and then they explain it to like the homeless man that's like breaking down the hut so he could keep the fire going. Uh-huh. I like how he turns out to be like the smart one. Like he kind of notices that. Like, well, wait, how does all this happen? He's like, you had to be there. You had to ken this happened. He's like, no, and that's when we get that fourth story of uh-huh. the woodcutter and how he's like basically hiding in the bushes. And he steals the dagger that was missing all along. Because they, they pick that bone out of, like, the bandit story. Yeah. Save a while, but the, the, the peril-laced, the peril-handled dagger, where did that go? It's like, oh, uh, I, I don't know what happened to that. That must have been a, like, a, I completely forgot about that. Ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, I'm crazy, don't, uh, shut up. And it was like, all they were just kind of self-serving, like, the bandit wanted to make himself look cool and... The woman wanted to make herself look innocent, uh, and the fucking medium was also just looking for a payday. What? Just came up with his own story, <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. The woodcutter like just like didn't want to get himself caught because he stole the knife. Uh, like he obviously knew that, that was valuable by the handle, and yeah. so he had that because at that point you just thought, well, you're a bandit just as the other guy. Uh, like you're stealing stuff from dead people. Uh-huh. Well, she was the dead, but like. You're a thief as well as like the band, and that's like when the the priest goes off on one, and they all start arguing, and that was to the point where it, it felt overwhelming that you know these two are arguing, and like just like it just needs to calm down. Why is everybody fucking arguing? Like 
and it was like gets to the point where like they find a baby that, that just kind of blew my mind I was like ah oh! they've been here all that time and they've just realised that there's a bear behind them three men and a baby <laughs> I know this is the Asian version <laughs> they're gonna like do shit together and like learn how to change nappies and like see a ghost kill Ronan <laughs> but that, that I, I like how it kind of revealed that the priest lost like his faith humanity. exactly like the guy the woodcar who he thought was just as innocent as him like he, he's not good than a fucking thief yeah. now he's stealing this baby after like the common man like stole the kimono and amulet like he took what he could get out of the baby and then like I don't even know what the priest thought when he was like oh exactly. like the woodcar's taking the baby what the fuck does he want with the baby <laughs> and then he reveals that he's like I, I have six kids and like I could raise him like one of my own and like that's when he kind of sees that he was just stealing the knife for himself like it was valuable he could feed his family with what money he could make off that knife and uh. or maybe buy contraceptives <laughs> <laughs> like just just because you got one doesn't mean you need to keep using it son when was the film set um, I hope it's no set in present day no, like it's <laughs> feudal Japan so I, think there are, I don't think there was a quota on how much kids they could have <laughs> but does Japan have a kid, kid I think it might just be China, China? because of like, the size of China compared to Japan they yeah. were like the wee island on the side yeah like, they can <laughs> they might have to have some sort of limit I'd imagine like it's no over here where you get like lassies on benefits where like ten kids yeah. would demand in bigger houses. I want a fucking mansion because I can't keep my legs shut. <laughs> and then it's like in Japan they just start just killing your just euthani- euthanizing yeah. the children. Like, <laughs> yeah, you had too many, right? We're gonna have to take this oldest one. Stick them in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> we can't serve shark fin soup anymore, so it's fucking child. Kid dick soup. Ah. <laughs> That's going to be some sort of delicacy amongst cannibals. Kid dicks. <laughs> but I liked it when it came to the the woodcutter story. Right. Seeing how it really is. And it's when it came to that sword fight. Oh, the this ship. Exactly. Like, the the bandit, he was obviously more like just uh, like a guy of like pure chance. Like, when uh, something comes up, he'll try and do it. But when it comes to, like, actually, right, fight. I need to, like, kill this man for this woman and both of them are there they're fucking swords shaking and uh. they're throwing and they're missing and they're getting swords stuck in the fucking dirt and they're running away from each other to like get the sword and it was just like by chance that he manages to kill uh, he trips their force and can't get up exactly and goes, <laughs> flings the sword at him so they stabbing him no that's how it happened in the first story oh and the last story is like there's that and he goes takes it and takes his sword Right, because I mind like in the first one, like he falls into the bushes and then he just fucking throws his blade into the bushes, mm. which I actually kind of thought was like, I was gonna say intense, but it's like that's like somewhat violent. I obviously it doesn't show yet, but like, that's some fucking way to go to have a fucking sword throwing at you mm. like that. That's how you you win the fight there. There's no need for a <laughs> slash. Like having a fucking blade chucked to you will be pretty effective. Right. I just imagine it going through like just butter going. I mean, it must have went right through and because like, they showed you the blade and you seen the blood was like three quarters away up the blade Aye. it's like oh you're cunt so right, right through the bastard maybe I had his mouth open and just went <laughs> <laughs> it's the sword swallow but 
It was strange, like, because it did have, like, quite a big uh, score, like, the music to it. There was lots of... Only thing, at the like, start, the music made me think of Tom and Jerry. Aye, aye. It was something, like, I think <laughs> if it was, like, 50s uh, dramatic. Uh, you were waiting on that. Like, <laughs> aye, it just had, like, all these big off cues where it was, like, do like, dramas, like, you expect people on horses and, uh. like, Lone Ranger stuff going on. Uh, but when it came to that final sword fight, not nothing at all, just no music. It was just... I reckon if I wonder if that was in the sense that when people were that was a big kick uh, when it when they're recounting their tales of events they're yeah. sort of portraying it like it's a film and that's like a score laced under it and yeah. when it when the woman was telling her story they got a, a particular score uh, I think it was from a French composer to do her story uh-huh. and but when it came to like the brass tacks actual truth at the end there was no music. Right. right, I didn't if that was because in reality there is no fucking theme song. Like maybe that was it, just cold hard truth. Yeah, maybe that was something that I totally never picked up until just saying it out loud. But it was just so weird that there was just no music for like that last scene. Yeah, but that could be it. Proud of myself. Well done. Aye, <laughs> I never, never took something off of Wikipedia and I'm gonna regurgitate it. The new. <laughs> um, but. Ah, that's like that's all my viewing notes. Was there any any particular bits that stood out to you? Uh, my favourite um, thing in the whole movie is the rain. The rain. Yeah, it was so impressive. <laughs> it's like so hard, like fucking, like un like it just nothing we ever see here. Like, uh, it's like unforgiving rain. Torrential rain. Yeah. Like you all get battered if you go outside yeah, with this you're rain. Dead. <laughs> Actually, hurts you when you fucking walk on it. Um, aye, that was it because I think they just kind of needed that. It's like, if it was just lightly raining, it's like there's no point in sitting under here for the next hour and a half yeah. listening to these two boys tell yeah. me a story and ignoring the crying baby. <laughs> aye, <laughs> maybe just because the rain stops it, there's a burn, but aye, there's they said a thing about because uh, it. I was gonna say maybe they were just using actual like, actual weather effects for it, but no, that was some proper heavy duty rain. But mm. they did use rain machines for it. There's, again, we're dipping into trivia. The new, but mm-hmm. they're saying that yeah, added black ink into the water so the the rain could look clearer on camera. Like for some shots, it's a cloudier color. Mm. So like just with it being black and white instead of clear, cloudy sounds it. A lot more, and it says on some points there you can see the commoner's face has got like ink stains from the rain. Mm. So the, obviously that would just a pure thing, just to bring up the effect of it raining on set, so it looks better on film. But yeah. of course, I just left the cast with like mucky faces. <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you want me to go into trivia? Go for it. Right. So um, right, this this has to be like one of the biggest films that came out of Japan because. Ever. Aye. Bigger than Godzilla? Godzilla came out four years later. Oi! Aye. I thought it was like the 20s or some shit. (laughs) No, that was 54. (laughs) So, like, like, when it comes to awards, like, I'll go into more details of how this kind of, like, shook the world there, but uh, this was Akira Kurosawa's 12th feature film. Uh, It did go on to direct about over 30 films altogether. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roshiman was uh, Toshiro's fifth acting gig like The Bandit mm-hmm. uh, aye, it was his fifth acting gig with Akira Kurosawa at that point 
Previously, he'd starred in his films uh, Drunken Angel, The Quiet Jewel, Stray Dog, and The Scandal. And that's like over the course of, say, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, after doing that, uh, uh, since Rushman, Akira directed 19 features. Uh, Toshiro was the leading man in 11 of those features. Mm-hmm. And 10 of those uh, films were uh, consecutive productions. So, like... To the point where he starred in his movies for the next ten years, like uh, one after another, he was the lead in all of his films. And then they must have caught him shagging his wife, and they said, "Get the fuck!" Ah, because after 1965, he never worked with him again. Uh. But <laughs> like that was the thing, like obviously to the point where he had fucking, I was gonna say trusted that boy, but no, like he's obviously like I think he is one of like the biggest exports in Japan, like for Japanese actors. Like, IQ was a big deal. Like, how Akira Kurosawa was a big deal for Japanese directors. Uh, Toshiro Mifune is a big deal. I think he was maybe, like, one of the... I was going to say early... Uh, Zatoichi characters as well. Uh-huh. Like, I think in his later days, I think he was portraying Zatoichi... Uh, because, obviously, his career didn't stop after 1965. He uh-huh. kept working... Uh, I was going to say, maybe to 1997, because the next part, where are they now? Uh, right, there's eight people in this film. Yes, they will be dead. Six of them are dead. Every Basically, every male cast member of this movie has died. Yeah, even the baby. I've done that. <laughs> the baby wasn't credited, funnily enough. Uh, right, so <laughs> I'll, I'll run through the list. Akira Kurosawa died in 1998. Right. Uh, Toshiro Mifune died in 1997. Yeah. Uh, Matsuya Miori, the husband, died in 73. Uh-huh. Uh, Takeshi Shimura, who is also another big Akira Kurosawa dude, yeah. uh, died in 82. Who was he? Uh, he was the woodcutter. Woodcutter. Uh, he, and he had a, a bigger part in his movies like Stray Dog and... Just that one. Right. <laughs> uh, I can't think. I never looked that far into it. Uh, but like the priest, uh, the commoner, the police officer—they've all—they've all died since then. It's all like in the nine, like between the seventies to the nineties, they've all dropped. Yeah. Only surviving cast members is the woman and the medium. Uh, Michiko Kyo, the woman, was last uh, seen on screen on the TV series in the year two thousand, and uh, Noriko Honoma, the medium was last credited in 2006 uh, doing the voice of an anime uh, called uh, Tekon Kinkrit. And what? Uh, it, it's just... Is it actually Tekken? No. Oh. It's like two kids pissing off uh, the Yakuza, I think. Uh, it was on film four a couple of weeks ago and I totally forgot to record it. <laughs> so it's never going to be on telly again no. just because of that. But she was credited for a voice in that. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't have anything about a character name, so she might have just been doing, like, ah! Elderly Woman <laughs> 5. Yeah. Or, like, Whaling Medium. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so, aye, that's it. Like, for our cast of eight, like, six are dead. Yeah. So, But that was it. This film came out in 1950, and all of those people were obviously well into, like, the 30s, onto their 40s. Yeah. So it's no surprise that, like, uh, three quarters of your casts... Dead. Yeah. Um, now, did you pick up any trivia for this one? No. No. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, the film did get credited for the very early use of handheld cameras on film. Uh-huh. So, for a lot of the like running through the forest, uh, close-up shots was like done with handheld cameras. So, I think they were the first ones to... Yeah, go. 
Yeah. Uh, there's only three sets in the film. There's... Forest. The forest, the gates, uh, and uh, the courtyard. Uh-huh. The film is based on two novels. Is it? I thought it was only one. Uh, it's On the Grove is sort of like the the, the court case, the story. Right. And the book Rosherman is a story about the three men in the gate. Ah. So it's sort of like these two stories melded together. Yeah. So I think of what actually happens in Rosherman if it's just three men getting shelter for the rain. And just sit there and fucking... Talk and find a baby. Yeah. And then... Chenagans and Sue. Uh. <laughs> one becomes Tom Selleck, the other one Steve Gutenberg. Ah. <laughs> uh, right, so they were saying whilst filming in the forest, the biggest problems they had was slugs kept dropping from the trees onto the crew. Right. Uh, slugs so, on the trees? Aye, so the cast, the cast and crew had to uh, slather themselves in salt to keep the slugs off of them. But I, I think it worked because clearly that medium had 200 forehead at one point. <laughs> hey! <laughs> there it is, you bad joke, motherfucker. Tick. Do you tick that fucker? Tashiro uh, Mivini was directed to model his character's movements after wildlife. They particularly want him to sort of like act like a lion. So I kind of seen that like when his character was first introduced when the husband and wife are walking through the forest and he's like a lion lazing in the sun mm. and like he's got his sword across him but you like just kind of pause it from one side to the other like that and maybe like a, a hyena possibly for his all his hysterical laughter mm. like that's maybe the only maybe animal instincts I see about him but a uh, director of photography uh, has kept the Rosherman sign because obviously the film starts and it's just this big wooden sign above the gate. Yeah. Uh, he would kept that uh, the wooden sign in his home until 1999 because he died as well. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. So I uh, think where the sign is now, but that would be a pretty cool keepsake. Like, oh, a big ass bastard sign. I uh, just like how you got that big mirror there. Just yeah. have Rosherman. It's like it, it, it means peace. Oh, yeah, yeah. What does it mean? <laughs> Did you ever think they were looking? No, nah, I thought it was just like that was like the city or like it was like the name of the building. Aye, that burnt temple. Where the fuck use that tablet? You wanna look this up? No, I want a suicide on it. <laughs> it's a tablet you ingest. Okay. Why is this still coming on? Right, so um Aye, so like this style of like storytelling seems to have like inspired oh, Queen's things from there on I was thinking I've seen someone like this before I fucking near every TV show I'm sorry <laughs> and it, like every fucking TV show from the 80s seemed to have used this technique in it there's things like for, like the Jackson 5 had a TV show at one point did they so and like they had like the Russian like uh, some like they mix them with Jackson with Rushman and they yeah. they had an episode like that. Uh, the Simpsons have done an episode like that. Well, it's basically the story told from different people's perspectives. Yeah. Like when Mister Burns runs over Bart in his car, and then Bart tells the story where it's all sunshine and lollipops. He's innocent skating on the street, and yeah. then like Devil Burns runs him yeah. doing it. So it's all like I reckon if that spawned like the this, this stories from different perspective genre, mm-hmm. because. Obviously, we're, we're not going to know what came before it. Like, who told this story first? Fuck knows. <laughs> but this film, like, was a fucking huge hit in America. 
where I think that could have just inspired so many people to to do it. Uh, like probably one of the most famous ones uh, is like Jackie Brown from Quentin Tarantino. Like the last half hour of that movie is the same scene unfolded from four different people's perspectives, mm. where they do like a cash drop. So it's like Jackie Brown dropping off the money. It's from the perspective of the person picking up the money, uh, the people, like the cops waiting in the shop. Like it's for all these different perspectives, and it's not until you see the last one it pulls it all together. Mm. Um, I did when having a look on Wikipedia. I did mention about the symbolism of the film, mm-hmm. and the the only one that I thought actually kind of sounds like like this could have actually been done deliberately is the light the sun shining through the trees and this is in the sense that it's um it's like the sunshine is sort of like the truth mm-hmm. and the trees is cloud in it like so we're not seeing the full story and this is like basically everyone's stories are clouded mm-hmm. so it's sort of like rather than just having the sunshine and the truth coming through it's blocked with the trees so that's what they're symbolizing that the truth's being covered up mm-hmm by these people's stories mm. so that was a symbolism that some folks taken from this film mm. and that is like kind of like one of the like when it comes to symbolism sometimes it's a fucking shot in the dark like sometimes like it's a bit of a long mm. shot like just yes. talking shit but mm. uh, they're saying this technique was also used in the 1973 film uh, The Wicker Man where they done the exact same shots of pointing cameras directly into the sun through the trees uh, highlighting uh, conflict and stories between characters in that film. Huh. So, like that happened in the film. As most samurai films get, like it was remade into a western in 1964 called The Outrage. And it was basically it's the same thing, but it just happened as a western where a husband and wife, a husband's killed, and the story's told from everyone's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And the only... <laughs> Funny note I noticed about that is William Shatner plays the priest in that film. <laughs> Stunned-ass priest. Aye. Um, for the bu- box office and budget to the film, it's it's very, like, there's hardly any information about this online. No. Like, Wikipedia has the budget at 250000 And... I can if that's like that seems a US dollars like sure for a film that had like three sets and looked like it could have been filmed over the course of a weekend yeah and there was some trivia to the fact that they'd rented like a small accommodation where there is about say eight people in this movie right. and they all shared the same apartment they all stayed together like the cast and crew all stayed in the one building Gabriel. and <laughs> <laughs> maybe there, that's why there's only two left yeah. Uh, the women raping the men. <laughs> and they gave them all fucking AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think if that's, they said like, it was a, a good thing for the production, it kind of brought all the closer together. Like, there was no, like, uh, I kind of like some sort of hierarchy between actors and mm-hmm. uh, showrunners. Like, everyone was treated the same, they all lived in the same place. And yeah things along that line uh, so there is no box office results for this which is like box office mojo don't have anything uh, Wikipedia notes that the film done uh, underwhelming on its release like they're saying the film like 
fucking went mental in America. Like everyone loved it, but in Japan, it was never really a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was looked at as, as like maybe not a, f- a failure, but no, I guess it was sort of like a flop. Yeah. So, but the, really, <laughs> there is no notes of like how much I actually made. Huh. But like, who's keeping books for like nineteen fifty? So. Unless, like, someone's actually put in a book and it's not been found yet, but... So, the more interesting stuff about this comes from the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nominated for an Oscar mm-hmm. uh, for Best Art Direction and Set Decoration in a black and white movie. In the 50s? Yeah. Oh. And it didn't win. Mm-hmm. But it did win an honor- honorary Oscar... Uh, for the most outstanding foreign language film released in the United States. Oh. That was the name of the Oscar. Because the best foreign film category wasn't established until 1956. Like, five years, right. five, six years later. It came out in America in 51. Right. Uh, so at that point, they never had a foreign film category, but it was like, I think it knocked basically the socks off folk back then, so they just had to give it an honorary award. Just to highlight, like this film, like it didn't come for here, but fucking hell. Uh-huh. Those Japs make good films. <laughs> uh, it was also nominated for a BAFTA, and it won a couple of awards at the Venice Film Festival, amongst others. I think it got like nine awards altogether. Yeah. Um, you want an next reaction? Yes. Okay. IMDb rated it 8.4 out of 10, based on 78,500 votes. Yes. Uh, that put it in the top 250 on their website at number 94. Mm, sure, right. And Ron Tomatoes, take a guess. What did the critics think of this critics. film? Critics. Critics. Those are bitches. I'm going to say 87. 100%. Oh my goodness! They fucking loved it. You fucking bastards. 48 positive reviews. Uh, 100% fresh. Fucking hell. Uh, I think for the audience rating, it got 94% fresh. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, aye, so, like, the film just, just seems loved overall, like, with critics. And, uh, uh, I think, kind of, like, it must be loved for the fact that it sort of, like, set the way for many other uh, films. It's like, like a, I guess, starting a genre. Exactly. And when looking at IMDb, like, I think, kind of, this has been treated as a remake of... Like, this is the biggest clue here that I've, I've, I should have mentioned like half an hour ago but yeah. on IMDB I was looking for all the different film connections like if it was a remake or if like it was edited for this that but it lists every single uh, Red Riding Hood movie and iteration as different versions of this movie to the point of like Little Red Riding Hood from like the 1920s so this is somewhat considered as a remake of Little Red Riding Hood yeah. Alright, like, it goes all the way to even that movie, like, Hoodwinked. Like, characters of Little Red Riding Hood, of people going through a forest, is all connected with Roshaman, uh, to the point where Roshaman's connected with Little Red Riding Hood in the 1920s. So, when you look at the movie, it connects every single iteration, like, even, like, the one with Amanda Siegfried, or Seyfried, and, uh... Hood. Hood? Hood is it not just called... I was just like Red Riding Hood. Oh, I thought it was called Hood. Uh, where they were doing like dark versions of story tales, and it was her and like uh, fucking Commissioner Gordon for the the Nolan Dark Knight movies, 
he was in there as like the huntsman uh, maybe or is he a but it's so fucking weird lumberjack like, ah like he was the guy in the village so I reckon if they're considering the bandit as the wolf and the husband and wife is like red but like little red right hood didn't get fucking raped and murdered in the forest <laughs> she made it to grandma's house to tell a story and the bandit was dressed up as her gran. Uh, and they probably raped her again. Can they tell? <laughs> the fucking you don't tell that your gran's a wolf. Aye, so I, it's tell. very strange to see that connection to it. But like that's it. There's like just like fifty references to Little Red Riding Hood on that page. Hmm. So I reckon we were just like a walk through the forest and like, hey, that was our thing. <laughs> we came up with this. We America. <laughs> Is that an American tale? It's got to be like Swiss it's or something. German. Could be. It's not like one of the German fairy tales. Sure. <laughs> Look it up. No! I have I have a pad of paper in my hand. This isn't... You're the one with a tablet. <laughs> anyway, we don't, people don't need to know about that. Rashomon means the castle gate, by the way. Oh, fucking hell. That's <laughs> what they're all standing at. Eh? Yes. Aye. So that's what... That's why they're standing there. Aye. That's why it's called... Rushman. So when folk come in your house, oh, what does that sign say? Cattle gate, you dick. Oh, you faggot. Fucking no stomach. No cute bits. If you fucking talk Red Ryan Hood, Red Red <laughs> in my house again, I'll slap you. <laughs> I'll punch you right in the hood. <laughs> oh. Okay, Andrew, any final thoughts on Rushman? Um, no. No. Would no. you ever watch it again? No. Probably not. Would you watch any more Akira Kurosawa movies? Because I think Are they all black and white? Well for the time of filming Like a majority of his R's But they're probably his last ten Maybe in colour But I don't think that's the best of it I think his best ones were His prime was like in his black and white era Like Seven Samurai Is like probably his biggest deal Yojimbo's a black and white movie I think that's supposed to be another one of the big ones but I've seen ones like, I think it's called Tegmusha, Ran, they're all in colour and they're decent but they weren't really like amazing. I can't remember anything about them but I do remember watching them at some point. Mm. But it is, it's all mostly stories like Feudal Japan or like Samurais and they, like I'd be interested in watching through them but just getting there. Mm. Like, sometimes you just need to sit and watch Inbetweeners 2 first. <laughs> but aye. so next time on films oh. swearing <laughs> cheers uh, right for episode 25 I think it's going to be yeah what are we going to watch it's your choice I don't know <laughs> we briefly talked about it before <laughs> I thought that's going to give you enough time to settle your mind off the top of your head Five, four, three, two, one. I <laughs> just looked into a tree. <laughs> that was blown wind, did we? Ah. Uh, <laughs> fine. The happening it is. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's going to make me really angry. And it's going to be about half an hour long. Because I would just no talk. <laughs> we could laugh at it. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to see my notes for that one. <laughs> anyway, right. Dick face has chosen to happen <laughs> Fuck you. for next time. Uh, if you want to suggest a movie to us, you could do it off of our website. 
uh, filmsandswearing.com. Actually, you can mention it to us on any form of media. Um, Later. Yeah, sure. I you live it is it Thane Thane Terrace? Don't you tell cunts <laughs> So um I've had one one eight on the phone right again, what the fuck is going on? I know, I don't let's I not talk about that. that. Uh, aye, so you can talk to us online, uh, go to filmsandswearing.com that has links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Stitcher Radio and iTunes feeds. Yeah. Uh, so you can leave suggestions on any like on iTunes and no, I, I, you could leave us a message on iTunes if you want to rate us with mm-hmm. a review. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, you could post suggestions on there. Because right, uh, if you did it, you see what happens. Exactly. The comes out. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I'll be leading the water if you do fucking hurry up and tell us something. <laughs> Please, save us. <laughs> Suggest movies. Or we're going to be tortured for yeah. further. Um, so I, uh, I guess thank you to Shell and Trevor for suggesting Rushman. Well. Hey Andrew. Well. Oh, well, you want to thank them for that? No. <laughs> Thanks for wasting my time, bitches. <laughs> anyway, right. Uh, tune in next week. Yeah. I didn't feel like swearing at them yeah. today. Fuck off! You tune in next week. Uh, what? Not better. <laughs> sure.